Welcome to Paintbrush and Ivories, the podcast for artists and curious creatives that connects creativity with the heart and soul. I'm Michelle Walker, and I'm here with my creative soul sister, Jennifer Ruth Russell. Hey, Jen. Hey, Michelle. How are you today? I'm awesome. It's great to be here with you. A couple of things that we need to cover before we dive into the content. So we just want to let listeners know that at the end of September, we're going to take a little bit of a holiday, a little bit of a break. And the thought is that we will be back with you at the beginning of 2023 to kick off the year. So that's our plan. And so when you don't hear from us in October, that will be the reason. And (laughs) the other thing I also want to let people know, if you're listening to this, it will be early September. I just want to let you know that Money Mojo for Artists seven day challenge is about to open its doors again for September. You can jump on to the link and put your email in there so I'll notify you when the doors open. The challenge itself starts on the 22nd of September, but you can jump on now and the link is michellewalker.com.au forward slash money. So I hope to see you if you were interested in getting more freedom around your money and it not being about chasing the almighty dollar, but actually about creating profitability and ease in your art business. So that's it for our announcements. I just think everyone should take this beautiful seven-day challenge. It's wonderful. It's it's so powerful and helpful. And I love it that you're starting it on the equinox, mm-hmm. um, which is a wonderful time for renewal and stepping into a whole different experience with the profitability around your artistry. So I think it's wonderful. Yeah, and that's a topic both you and I are very passionate about. So I feel that it is something that a lot of artists feel they need some help with. And I'm really grateful to be able to help them do their inner dance with money better. So that's what it's about. But I will talk a bit more about Money Mojo for Artists Challenge in our next episode, because we're actually going to be talking about money again. So diving in today, tell me a bit about what we're going to talk about, Jen. Well, we decided to get a radical quote around artistry and talk about it. We have found one. Do you want me to read it? I'd love you to. All right. It's by Yoko Ono. And she says, I really feel that artists or musicians are controversial people. Controversy is part of the nature of art and creativity. If people are not doing that, they're not artists. They're artisans. Awesome. So tell me, (laughs) that brought up a whole lot of stuff in one sentence. I wonder where to begin. So what was your initial response when you read that quote? I wanted to defend the artisans. Mm. How about you? I was very much back in my uni days where there was this great snobbery around art versus craft. Mm -hmm. And what's defined as art and therefore an artist would do And what's defined as craft, which is more what an artisan would do. And I think sometimes those words are loaded and laden with judgment. (laughs) And I think that's part of what came up for me initially. And I was also curious, like, where was Yoko Ono coming from when she said that? What was, you know, thinking about her context of her artistry and her, her practice. So, And she's always, always pushed the envelope, hasn't she? hmm. Yeah, you know, and her very presence almost broke up the Beatles, you know, the pushing that envelope everywhere that she has been, uh, which is part of why she's here, I think. What was your reaction to her disturbing the Beatles as a musician? What was your thoughts about that? 
I am not nearly as much a student of the Beatles as my husband is, and he was just really upset by her. <laughs> that that she would she would come into rehearsal and just sit there like she had every right to and no one else's uh, girlfriend or wife would come to the rehearsals she would just come and sit there like like she was a voice in the band and uh you know she definitely has a lot of hood spa that way mm. i'm not i'm not judging her for that i think i would have done it differently but that's just me you know i was yeah. taught to be a submissive girl in the christian church so you know <laughs> she's just radical didn't she just paint one little tiny thing that said yes on a ceiling that John Lennon saw? And uh, he was fascinated. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go into artist and artisan and whether or not this issue of controversy. And then I want to also talk about Yoko Ono. So I've got like five directions that I want to take this conversation immediately. I was curious when... I went looking at the derivatives of artist and artisan as words because for me they look like they've got the same core stem of Latin beginnings. And when I did a bit of snooping, I found for starters, artist and artisan can be quite confusing. What we label ourselves can be very different. So, so I know some people who I think of as artists call themselves makers, which was perhaps more the ilk of an artisan, but you know, some people hold that there is these critical differences and that an artist, you know, produces paintings and sculptures, but artisans do textiles and ceramics and, you know, that's kind of that kind of flavour of the difference. And I think, frankly, it can be a bit arbitrary as to what people choose Mm -hmm. call themselves or how we uh, label other things. And it just took me back to an experience I had in my final year of my fine art degree at Queensland College of Art. And my lecturer looked at some of the stuff that I was doing, which was I was weaving natural materials. And she said, it's too crafty. You can't do that. And I thought, who said? <laughs> like, who says I can't do that? and turn it into art. But that was her thing. And I was literally stopped from pursuing that uh, using materials from the environment kind of aspect. That was very much seen as a second tier, second class citizen within the fine art faculty. And I think some of that can be more about how it reflects back on them as lecturers. I, I don't know. That might be a bit of a, a call. But I did notice my own kind of connection to the label of art as and artisan and I, I found some people talking about so here's some history that I found in ancient Greece sculptors and painters were held in quite low regard somewhere between free man and slaves and their work was often regarded as mere manual labor which I thought was really interesting and the Latin stem of ars ars is what sort of filters through the word artist and artisan and during the 1400s or so, they said that artist as a word already existed in some countries like Italy, but it resembles something more like a craftsman. And yet the word artisan wasn't used yet. And so some people actually use the word artisan to differentiate themselves from the craftsman. So it was kind of in reverse. But the idea of there being skilled excellence was underlined. And I just thought, well, artisanal products, you know, can be textile, it can be ceramic. And those things were actually way more precious than paintings and sculptures in that era. 
So kind of that I found interesting casting back because not everything is how it is in our context and our, our society. But the other thing I absolutely loved when I bumped around the interwebs looking at this issue was the Japanese word shokunin, the Japanese word for artisan or craftsman, which implies a pride in one's own work, which I thought was delightful. So that was my history trip on the words and the derivatives of those words and where they've come from. Do you call yourself an artist, a musician, or what's your relationship to those two words, Jen? I am crafting my art. Mm. (laughs) You Mm. know, to me, I think that a lot of the arrogance around calling people certain things came maybe from royalty. Because I know at music, you know, like we have these beautiful masters, Bach and Mozarts, and they were hired by royalty to compose music. And I'm sure in the ancient days, people were also hired to make an image in the likeness of royalty and the leaders, they were paid. And I think too, personally, what I think is if you're crafting an art and it starts out repetitive, like let's say you just copy something over and over and over again, you're perfecting it. And not everything that you create is going to be making a statement. Because when when she says controversial, I think of somebody making a political statement or a, a statement of the way life is, which I think is really important. I think our art should be used that way when we feel led to do that. And I don't think everyone is led to do that. But to me, there's different stages of artistry. Like you could start as a craftsman, just doing something over and over. And I think about when is it that you find your own voice? So I think that might be the the point where you are going to be making more of a controversial statement because you feel very strong about something and you trust your own voice to say that. But I have to say on my own journey that I have written some songs like that. You know, I remember writing a song about the child labor market and writing a song about women's suppression of their voice. I've done that. And I think it's important when something grabs me, but I'm not going to go out and seek something that is not mine to do. So I guess Mm. to me, it's really being true about your artistry, about your art and not labeling it. If it is controversial, if it's an art or if it's, it's a craft or what is it? Because to me, there's different stages. You might start just very simply. And as you get bolder and stronger and believe in yourself more, you're going to step out more and maybe do something more that ruffles feathers and gets noticed. Yep. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the things about this quote that I want to rail against is what you've just illustrated there, which is it's not this or that, that kind of dichotomy for me doesn't work. And what you're saying Mm -hmm. is you can start in one place and evolve into another. And I feel that when I was doing my reading and just casting my mind around, I actually read some things that said, artists show their work in galleries and museums and artisans show their work at craft markets. So that kind of boxing is like a fooey. And the other one... (laughs) The other one that I read, which was an artisan's more connected to their environment and the territory where they live. And I was thinking, really? Mm -hmm. I don't know that that's true. Well, my art is entirely about my connection with the environment. So why Mm -hmm. would 
that be a defining factor. So I just thought it was interesting what other people said about the split between these two. The other one I quite liked, This you'll get a giggle out of this, the purpose of, of the artisan is more the passion of their work than to make money. I said, fooey to that one too. <laughs> I just thought, well, you know, an artisan absolutely wants to make money if they want it to be sustainable and an art an artist could be just as, you know, free with their product as, as an artisan. So it was just good to hear what I didn't agree with, which was very much that split dichotomy that Yoko's trying to pull up. And the fact that controversy for her is the basis in which she splits folk. So that means someone who's a really skilled watercolorist, if they're just painting, and I said the word just because that's sort of, I, I use that advisedly, if they're just painting beautiful floral arrangements, it's not controversial and therefore they're not an artist. Mm-hmm. Is that what we're saying? And I think we put her in the context of her social time and the when she hit the heyday and probably, well, I don't have a date on that particular quote. I'm suspecting you know, she could have said it in the 60s. 60s. Yeah, yes. that's my sense. Yes. And she did the Amsterdam bed-in conference or whatever they called that thing where she she and John Lennon held mm-hmm. their conference. And so that in itself was quite controversial. And she also said in that interview another thing which was extremely controversial, which was saying that if she was a Jewish girl in Hitler's day, she would have approached him and become his girlfriend because after 10 days in bed, he would have come around to her way of thinking, which I'm sure just would have like curled people's (laughs) eyebrows. Like what what a thing to say on so many different fronts. And I, I love her embracing her feminine sexual liberation. That's great. But it's always very controversial as soon as you use Hitler in any sentence. And Mm -hmm. that claim that she could have perhaps thwarted the whole of what happened with the genocide in Nazi Germany just is quite eye-watering, I think. Yeah. Well, it's almost that she, like she was looking for it, you know, she was looking for ways to be controversial because her very first sentence in this quote is, I really feel that artists or musicians are controversial people. And I think, you know, we always talk about how weird musicians are. We're <laughs> weird people, right? We are. We, we just, things that interest us are strange, but Like Yo-Yo Ma, he plays because he loves the music. He doesn't even care. Uh, He'll go out and busk, right? Because he just longs to play. And it's all because he loves it so much and he loves to play. It's all based in love, not controversy. So I think it might start with, what do you feel your purpose is here? You know, and Yoko, I think really felt like her purpose was to really stir the water, Mm. to really do amp up the controversy. And controversy, part of it can be about, I don't care what others think, so I'm just going to say what I feel. But if you're doing it to have an impact, then for me, that's about look at me. That's a look at me energy. And Mm. I mean, she did do controversial artwork and and she was both a performing artist, musician, as well as a visual artist. And I remember when I first saw her painting meant to be stepped on, which was literally a piece of leftover canvas with a circle cut out of it and she placed it on the floor and it was for people to walk over. That's controversial. She was taking something that should have been beautifully square or rectangular, stretched on a very expensive 
frame and hung on a wall, she took that and really messed with it and put it on the ground, which is not a place. It's not a mm-hmm. plane for fine art or paintings. So she was like that, but she also hung out with people who did that sort of stuff. So she was best buddies or good mates with John Cage. And John Cage famously did four minutes, 33 seconds. Have you come across that piece? So it's a, a performance piece. And he instructed the musician to sit and not play their instrument for four minutes and 33 seconds. So it's known as the silence piece. But it was that removal of the performance that was controversial. It was the suggesting that sitting and doing nothing was artwork or, you know, that creating silence, which was nobody's and everybody's, was art. You know, so that's the kind of company she kept. So I can see how she would maybe put a premium on being controversial. And she was also, you know, a great campaigner for um, peace and freedom. And I think that there were Mm -hmm. things that in her advocacy work that she saw needed to be raised up in volume and that you needed to be controversial because the existing society and norms were not acceptable. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a band, and I'm sorry, I don't remember their name right now, but they're very popular, and they made a silent album. It reminds me of what you just, what you said, reminded me of this story, which just happened about a year ago, in protest to what all the musical platforms are doing to artists, to songwriters, basically paying us 0.4 cents on everything that's played, right? And so they made a silent album, and they told all their fans to play it often. You know, so they got like the biggest hits on Spotify and Apple Music. I love <laughs> that. No, so, and it really was a protest. Uh, it was really wonderful. I think that there's been times in history where change has been needed. And so controversy can be a really good motivator and energizer for change. Mm-hmm. But in those periods where there isn't a demand for change. There's still artistry and artists doing their thing. So Mm -hmm. I I guess I was thinking back about the artists that I love and some of them I love because they were so groundbreaking and they were controversial. You know, you think about Monet and we think of Monet as this demigod of art that is undeniably a leader and a figurehead at the top of the pile But, you know, some of his experience and some of his peers, they weren't accepted into art college because the kind of stuff they wanted to do was not acceptable in the day. And they took art through to a different plane. And I felt the same way about some of the Australian artists that I really enjoy. They were embracing painting Australian landscapes in the colours using the way that they depicted Australian light in a much more honest way than what some of the earlier painters brought very much a European style. And so, you know, this group known as the Heidelberg School really broke a tradition of European versions of Australian landscape and became much more honest with the colours and the play of light in the landscape. And that's one of the reasons why I love that group of artists. Mm. Beautiful. Mm. I think when we find our own voice is when we become artists. And I think it takes a while because a lot of times we'll start out by copying and mimicking. And then there'll be a time. There has been a time in my life when it was like, okay, I think this is me. You know, I think this is me. I'm actually taking 
my authentic self and putting it out there in song. And I have to say this again, I know I've said this before on this, this podcast, that I had a vision because my songs are simple. And I always thought I need to make them more something else. And I had a vision that was really clear that the simple is just fine. It is enough. Mm. And once I was able to feel into that, then I actually was able to find the simple voice that I wanted to express in that moment. And sometimes it's controversial. And sometimes I just really want to help people get down into the intimacy of, of their connection with spirit. And so in those cases, it can be gentle and comforting and healing and not controversial and still be incredibly important Mm -hmm. and still be art. Yeah. I would also argue that we are all artists. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of taking another, another tack on it, but we are all artists in our own lives. The common thing between artist and artisan is that they're seen as creators Every individual is creating, whether we know it or not. And perhaps the products and the outputs are not paintings or songs, but they're our lives, they're our relationships, they're our living spaces and our gardens and the work that we do. You know, there's so many different ways. And I do like that much broader definition of artist. And I do feel that lots of kids are artists and they don't have to have found their voice. Sometimes they hadn't lost it. Yes. They hadn't, they had or have always had it. And we're more yes. likely to lose it and have to find it again as adults. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think I just heard that about Serena Williams that somebody very famous saw her serve when she was six and he said, Don't ever change a thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, don't yeah, change yeah. a thing. <laughs> so Anything else that you thought of that you wanted to put out there about this delightfully controversial quote by Yoko Ono? No, I think that there's important voices to be heard at any point in history. I remember when Ricky Lee Jones wrote the song Ugly Man, which is about one of our presidents. And it was very powerful at the time, you know. She really felt very strongly about singing that song. And I think it's important for us to use our art our lives, since we're all artists, let's talk about our lives, which I so agree with you, for what is ours to do? So I love that question. What is mine to do? Mm. Um, Because sometimes what is yours to do is going to make your knees shake. It's going to make your stomach turn over, but you know that you're the one that's supposed to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've enjoyed the exploration that this little challenge, it was almost like a, here's a quote and discuss (laughs) the way we used to have to do assignments at uni or at high school. I just enjoyed being a little bit confronted by what she said and enjoyed the sort of following through of the thoughts that came up. And it really was a very rich stepping off point. So thank you for suggesting that, Jen. Oh, you're welcome. I thought it was interesting too. Oh, well, it's been great chatting to you, Jen. Thank you for joining me in this conversation. Thank you, Michelle. I'm so grateful we did this. I think it was fun. So did I. Thanks everyone for listening in and you'll catch us in a couple of weeks with our last episode for the year. Until then, go well. Bye for now. Take care.